Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. We have a wonderful episode for you today. Trevor Caswell of of Keller Williams Realty joins us here in Waco, Texas, and he is encouraging and optimistic, and he shares his story of starting in real estate in 2020 when the market was great and interest rates were low, and he shares his strategies and optimism and encouragement for working through a tight, challenging market and he's got a great outlook for the future. So join us for a great episode of Mosaic, the stories of real estate. Welcome to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. This is Mike Nelson, CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated. I've got a mortgage brokerage, a mortgage company located in Colorado, Texas, and Florida, and got another great episode today. I'm pretty excited about it, actually. We just kind of finished and wrapped up our episode series on perspectives from the past, where I was chatting with real estate agents and other kind of professionals in this industry who have been been working in the real estate world for quite a while. So most of them more than 30 years. And so now we're kind of uh, branching into a new series, which I'm pretty excited about called Perspectives from the Present. And uh, we're chatting with real estate agents uh, and some other associated professionals in the, in the uh, real estate world who have been doing this, I, I guess I'll say a lot less than 30 years. But uh, today we're uh, sitting here with just a great guy, Trevor Caswell. He's a Keller uh, Williams agent here in Waco, Texas. Yeah, pretty seasoned. I've been doing this oh, about four or four years or so, I think. And uh, pretty excited to chat with Tre- Trevor. I've gotten to know him a little bit. I met him at a, uh, well, say hello, Trevor, to everybody before we get going. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on, Mike. Oh, it's yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. It, Sitting 24 stories. No, 24, 21 stories up here on the Alico. I know. I, I Such a good view. It is. I start a lot of my podcast talking about the Alico view because we're down looking at, uh, is celebration still going on or is it is it, it over now? I think it's wrapped up. You just got to see all the, all the tents that are no longer there. The tents that are no longer there. And it's funny listening to the Wacoans complain about downtown traffic uh, <laughs> during celebration. What traffic. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. So, yeah. So uh, I, I met uh, Trevor a few weeks ago at a really cool event called Startup Waco. Uh, do, do you attend that almost every week? or It depends on the schedule. And honestly, it depends on the time of year, too. If it's fall time, a little bit slower, you'll see me there more often. And if it's summertime, you can barely, uh, you'll barely catch, catch a whiff of me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Startup Waco, uh, how long have you been, how long have you been kind of connected and checking it out? We'll we'll tell everybody what it is. uh, So we don't leave everybody in the dark. I think it's an entrepreneur's best friend. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a way that you can go and meet like-minded people, people that have aspirations that are in the process of starting a business, have a business or have several business and uh, businesses under their belt and that's perspective that we all need and yeah. when you enter the room it's kind of like a 
it's a club. Everybody's like, Hey, welcome. Come on in. What are your dreams? What are you trying to do? And Hey, how can I help you? And that's just such a unique experience here in Waco. Yeah, you're, you're right. So it's really strange. So I've only lived in Waco for, it'll be two and a half years here. There are so many gems in the city of Waco and startup Waco is one of them. It meets every month, uh, Wednesday at 9am, 9 to 10. And Matthew Heaton, who is a, a fellow rogue media podcaster, uh, he actually hosts it. And they'll have a speaker. And you're right; it is it's a club, and um, it's just a just a neat environment. So, obviously, you're a Keller agent. So, do you think you're entrepreneurial as well, or I mean, is that the attraction? Like, where do you put yourself in the entrepreneurial bucket, so to speak? <laughs> I think in the entrepreneurial sphere is a lot of times I'll sit up in bed and I'll turn over to my wife and say, Hey, what is, what do you think about this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of those pipe dreams, is what I call them, or shower thoughts that. If I listed them out on paper, I'd fill a couple pages, and then the the paper that I have actually accomplished is zero, and it's a blank page. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those where it you really do have to take that next step. And yeah. I think Corey, um, one of the Rogue Media owners, yeah, he always says, "Hey, fail forward. Go ahead. If you have that dream, take the first step and actually do it. So that way you know what what you're worth in salt, and you can learn from that and either succeed." after a couple of falls or, Hey, let's scrap that. Let's move on. And that just goes into your, your repertoire. Yeah. I, yeah. I've heard Corey say that too before, if you don't know, fail forward and it's, it's great advice. It, it's pretty sage. Uh, and I think I've failed forward probably more times than I want to, but, uh, yeah, it's great advice. So, so give me, give us a little bit of your story, kind of where'd you come from? How did you get here to Waco? And, and when did you start real estate kind of fill, fill in some of the gaps for us before we get uh, too deep into our conversation? Yeah, like a, a lot of people, I would say that I never thought I would ever be in Waco, Texas. <laughs> I, I'm in that group for sure. There's a lot of us, um, a lot of transplants lately yeah. in, the, in the last few years, and the city really grows on you. It I does. came from uh, Houston. I was there for nine years after graduating from Rice, and I was coaching down in South Houston, and I felt called to coaching. Honestly, when I uh, first came out of college, I was working in sports radio, um, so definitely familiar with the mic in front of my face. Yeah. Just uh, different being on this side of things. And uh, I remember I was interviewing one of my former football coaches. And after we were done with the interview, he he was like, hey, you should do this. I was like, I am doing it. You know, this is sports radio. He's yeah. like, no, you need to go and coach. I always used to think about you when we were all finished up and you graduated. He said, hey, Trevor would have been a great coach. And that really spoke to me. And I ended up leaning into that. And he ended up becoming a mentor of mine and he oh, followed wow. me through. Yeah. And sent me down to, to Houston and I worked at Fort Ben Willeridge down there for okay. a couple of years. And that's a, a title one school. And if anybody who teaches in title one schools, they know that you're going to come out of there with stories, with scar tissue and uh, ultimately a better person. Cause yeah, if you go to, to serve the kids, you're going to serve them because their community certainly isn't. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So, so you're coaching. Can I, I'm going to guess you were coaching football. Is that, is that right? Yep. Yeah. I was coaching football. Uh, I was on the defensive side of things. So I had playing experience in college just a little bit, but that was enough to, to put on the resume and really convince some coaches that, Hey, I could come in and possibly be a help out to their team. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever get back into coaching? I mean, in a, in athletic sport, I'm, I'm assuming you'll be coaching business and colleagues throughout your life, but would you ever get back into sports? Yeah. The coaching never leaves. I think it's one of those things where when you meet people, you just want to help them out and yeah. you have that enthusiastic spirit about you. And I always find myself 
rooting whoever is whatever they're doing um friends or colleagues just rooting them on and um that actually I think it was about a year ago. Uh, I trained at Train Waco. I actually do a yeah, lot of CrossFit, yeah, and yeah. we ended up losing our head coach. Uh, she ended up moving t- up to Ohio, and uh, we had a vacancy. So I, I spoke to the owner, Jonathan Shelton, over there, and told him, "Hey, love CrossFit and have a strength and conditioning background, and love coaching. And what do I need to do to sign up?" <laughs> so I ended up getting my L one, and now I coach over there in the mornings, and it helps me meet all the new people in Waco. Oh or, yeah your Waco natives that have been doing it for 20 years. It's, it's such a good community and uh, you really get to know people. It's amazing how fast you can assimilate into the Waco kind of community and, and make friends. Uh, that, that was my experience moving down here. So. It's such a small, small community, despite yeah. the numbers you'd see like 120, 150,000. Well, you're going to run into just about the same people at HEB or over at church, yeah. downtown at the farmer's market. There's only a few spots you can really go and, and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's at the hop true. restaurants. It's now, There's only a few to choose from. Now, do you go to Baylor football games at all or any of the Baylor athletic events just because you love sports? Or is that is that something in the rear of your mirror, so to speak? I always say if the weather is good enough for my wife to enjoy, I will go. Because <laughs> she's my Baylor bear. I went to Rice, so I don't have any ties to Baylor. Yeah. But you can't help but, but root for the Bears. I mean, yeah, it's one of I the best backdrops I've ever seen in a college football stadium. And their basketball arena is about to be one of the best yep. in the nation. So I think Baylor is doing some really, really cool things. And it seems like they're creeping over 35, starting to work their way into downtown, which Doesn't I think it is seem so like that? cool. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. So really good growth, and I'm excited about that. Yeah. So, so tell me, how did you get into real estate and kind of walk me through? So you're, you're in Houston and you know, we're not in Houston anymore, obviously. So, uh, <laughs> give me the transition and the, the kernel idea of, um, I want to be a real estate agent. Where did that come from? Sure. Yeah. We, I, I, I can remember like it was yesterday. I was teaching my last class before spring break in March, 2020. Yeah. And you know, one of my kids was like, Hey coach, there's this thing called the coronavirus," And everybody started laughing. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Don't pay attention to it. Give me your paper and I'll see you in a week. Yeah. Uh, never saw him again because I never went back to, to Pearland high sure. school where I was teaching. And I realized in my time of being off, I was still t- teaching online and doing what we could do to teach those kids. Um, I saw an opportunity to really expand, just like you talked about how you've, um, created new businesses and, and, yeah. and taking the risk. And I saw that opportunity and my wife actually got a call from the Magnolia network ah, to okay. come and work here. Yeah. yeah. So that really sparked off some thoughts. I was like, man, I mean, if, if we're going to wholesale jump into a new city, I'm in a unfamiliar territory. Why not try something new? Why not take the risk and, and take the plunge into real estate, which is we always found ourselves walking around the Heights in Houston. It's mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful neighborhoods uh, in the state, in my opinion. And I just always was intrigued by the different architecture, the different styles of builders. So when I was studying real estate, I was like, man, you get to open doors. You get to show houses. You get to help families make the biggest investments of their life. That's a really cool job. This would be a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you always kind of thought of realtors as a, honestly, a middle-aged uh, housewife that got bored one day and got their <laughs> license. <laughs> so I was like, how am I going to come in here not knowing a soul, a yeah. young 25-year-old, yeah. and try to, to make a business for myself? Um, definitely looked like a big hill to climb. So you went from teaching high school 
to being an entrepreneur and starting a real estate business. And you did it. Uh, I, you know, I know it was in the pandemic and, and 2020, uh, but you did it before uh, the nightmare that we have with interest rates right now. Um, so you were coming into the market in a pretty hot time. And what's interesting is, uh, you know, the, my first series was Perspectives from the Past. And so in those uh, episodes that will drop here in the next coming uh, weeks or so, we talk about remembering times when interest rates were 19%. You know, we talk about interest rates when they were 10, 10 10.5%. So, you know, the perspective from those people is, yeah, we've been here before. What's the big deal? We'll get through it. It's a challenge. It's hard. But you started your real estate career at really low interest rates, and now they've kind of doubled. Yeah. So walk walk me through that culture shock and and – is, what do you think about it today versus three years ago? What are you doing? How, you know, kind of give me a feel for how you're running your business when we run a pretty pretty challenging time. Yeah, I, th- I think when you're starting out in real estate, there is this this hurdle that you have to overcome, and that is the the income coming in. You're not you're sure. no longer a W two. You can't just kind of do what you do and you get paid bi monthly. It, it it feels like you all of a sudden are. Um, you're running on the the flat. I don't even know what to call it. Escalator. You know that when you're at an airport and yeah. you're 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 walking down the aisle and then there's that that ramp. The moving next walk. To you. The yeah. moving walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. The moving walk. Yeah. It, it feels like when you're you're in a W two job and then you come into a sales position. All of a sudden you hit the the floor and yeah. you have to work for every single dollar. You know we always say in real estate you eat what you kill and that was a a culture shock for me. It was a system shock. It was. Hey, what do you need to do? How do you need to schedule your day? How do you get in front of people? And it just it rocked my world. And oh, it did. Okay. Yeah, it it is one of those things where you need a mentor. And sure, I was fortunate enough to come into Keller Williams and and join a team with Jeff Bird. Yeah, guy has been in real estate for twenty years. So somebody who you very well could yep. feature on on your former show. I would. Well, I'd love to love to talk with him. Sure. I mean, I'm sure he could give us a ton of wisdom. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But, yeah. So it was a lot of, Hey, young Trevor coming in, sitting in front of Jeff saying, woe is me. How do I do this? <laughs> I just got my license and nobody's calling. And I think the expectation out there is that you get your license and all of a sudden people want to buy and sell houses with you. And nope, that is not the reality. Nope. But that is very much the YouTube culture, the the reels, the Instagram, what you're led to believe because of the internet and how easy, quote unquote, easy it is to make money in these entrepreneurial things. Um, so that was a shock to the system, but a humility that I think I can always fall back on and re- remember as these years have progressed, hey, you have come from literally nothing, from zero closings to the portfolio and the clients that you have now. So it's exciting, but I would say that there is that um, that asterisk in there where you do have to come to terms with, hey, I am going to have to work for every single dollar that I get in this business. Yeah. So so you're an athlete. You played athlete, athletics at a very high level, pretty elite level. Do you think that disciplined and understanding of work is the differentiator for you? Because I, I, the, the, the amount of agents and lenders that are falling out right now, the numbers are pretty staggering. I mean, so what do, you, what do you think the difference is for you? Because you're, you're doing well, you're thriving in a brutal market. 
what's the secret sauce? Is, is it just you're structuring your day and you're putting it together? Or, I mean, because I don't believe in luck. So I know you're doing something. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's time on task. And it's time on task. I'm going to use that. Time I on like task. That. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's having the mentorship, it's having a spouse that believes in you. Yeah. Friends in the business and partners in the business that get to see you and check in on you. Um, Waco is a small town community. So sure. I don't believe that we have aggressive agents that are all out to get each other. I've, actually experienced the opposite. I'm friends with all the agents and they want to see you do just as well. And it's always a, Hey, let's do another deal together. So I think the community aspect is huge because that's what really keeps you going. You're like, if I can be friends with every single one of my clients after this deal, it's a win. Yeah. And that's really how you want to build up your your business is a friendship business. It's a first name business. And it's a, Hey, I'm going to see you outside of this transaction. Not just, Hey, when we close on this house, here's your keys. See you later. Right. That's been crucial. Um, in, in my business. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It's put time on task. I love that. Trevor. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to use that. I'm going to, I'm going to use that. I think it's a, it's a great little, uh, anecdote. So you're a fellow rogue media network podcaster. Talk to me about your podcast and what you're doing, and and uh, I think you're just starting out, if if I'm not incorrect on that. But kind of walk me through how your podcast is going to flow and and work with what you're doing in real estate. Yeah, I I've always loved podcasts. I yeah. I sit and listen to uh, quite a few of them in the car. We're driving a lot in real estate, as you can imagine. Yep. So always on the road, and when I listen to podcasts the best ones that I remember are the ones where I hear stories mm-hmm. very much like the the ones that you, you have produced somebody who's telling a story that can pull you in and all of a sudden you're experiencing it vicariously through them. And it's one of those things they've even shown research that it, it just increases all of the chemicals in your body. When you hear a good story, your yeah. dopamine increases, oxytocin incre- increases. So you're trusting that person as you listen to them and that just captured me. So, um, I created the story podcast, which is going to aim to pull in some of the the entrepreneurs here in Waco business sure. owners. Frankly, they're all just friends of mine. And every time I go to a restaurant, um, you know, Corey McIntyre is a good friend of mine or Jake Patterson over at Yaki. Every time I see those guys, I see somebody who put their life on the line, who put their family on the line to, to, hopefully make this benefit, uh, business grow. Yeah. And I love that sacrifice because I, I am an entrepreneur, but I don't, I don't have the guts to do what they did. So why not go and support those guys? Why not hear their story and learn from them? Yeah. You mentioned Jake. So he was the speaker at startup Waco last Wednesday. I think you, you may have been, been there. I can't remember, but uh, and so you talk about the community in Waco and it's such, it is a great story. So I, I had, driven past Yaki many times going down Valley Mills. And so just listening to Jake inspired me. So I went and got dinner there this weekend and this food's great. It's just a, it's a wonderful restaurant and it's uh, just a great place to be. So interesting now. So I'm assuming, are you starting to mentor people coming into real estate? Uh, I'm assuming you probably have some good pearls of wisdom for people who literally are just starting. I mean, you've got some, you've got some experience under your belt, obviously. So are you finding that people are coming to you and asking for your, your knowledge, so to speak. Yeah. The, it's, it's interesting. You know, I'm in my fourth year now and I never thought somebody would come to me for advice because I'm surrounded by so many sure. other agents. You have the Camille Johnson's, for example, the Jeff birds, you have so many realtors here in town that you're like, 
why ask me? Go talk to them. Look at look at the wisdom that they have. And what I realize is that every single realtor has a different story. They have a different way of dealing uh, with others and doing business. And I found that through the connections and friendships that I have had and that I do have in Waco, that the way I'm doing business is going to be more on a personal level. So the when people come and ask me for advice, they're not just getting like, Hey, here's the 10 steps it takes to be a realtor. It, it turns into this, this walk that I want to go with them on and check in on them and see how it's going. And, um, a, a true mentorship, not just a, Hey, let's have a coffee. And then we drop it and never see him again. Cause I think that we talk about the time on task. You're not going to just sign up for real estate get your license and have 10 closings and then just off to the races explode. It is going to be who's checking in on you, who is going to be that mentor to you and who's going to drag you along when you are having that self doubt, because we're all going to have it. We're all going to experience it at some point. Who's going to help pull you through that, that mental hurdle. So I think that's, that's been a, a goal of mine is just continue to build that relationship with people. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because you, you tapped into it. Um, we live in this YouTube, Instagram, Facebook world where, I mean, if you look at, you know, I'm on YouTube, uh, I'm on Instagram, I'm on all the platforms too. If you look at most of the advert, a lot of the advertising, I should say, make it a true statement. A lot of the advertising that agents and lenders are doing, you would think that everybody is just killing it right now everybody's winning awards, whether they paid for them or not. I mean, <laughs> and uh, it's just not what this business is. This business is built by a lot of people. I'm going to use your phrase, time on task, building relationships and coming up with creative ways to solve people's problems as far as housing goes, whether it be a lender or a real estate agent, it doesn't really matter either way. Um, so I think your your thoughts on it are, are pretty spot on. And I but I can tell you I'm an old guy. So uh, you're a young guy, I'm an old guy. I can tell you why these other people are coming to you is because well, the one things that the old guys know, uh, you know, men and women know is you can learn something from everybody. And that's why I wanted to chat with you today is you know, I'm really interested in in how people who have been in this business 5 years, how they're approaching it, what their perspective is on it because you know, I have my perspective you have yours and I know I can learn from you. So that's, that's why people are asking you. So, yeah, there is a conundrum though. So if you're a consumer and I equate this to flying in a plane, right? Yeah. If I'm flying in a plane and I have anxiety and I get nervous when I hit turbulence, I want to look in that cockpit and I want to see that guy with gray hair with a little bit of pepper in the mustache with aviator (laughs) glasses saying, Hey, this is normal you guys are going to be all right. Yeah. I don't want to see the 25 year old kid who may have been a brainiac and graduated top in his class, but has only hit turbulence 10 times. So my question to you is, have you felt that expert moment of when people approach you to ask you how everything's going versus some of these young lenders that are coming in to make a dime and trying to, to make their way and climb really quickly? Have you experienced that? Yeah, it's a great question. I love that question. Um, here's the thing, uh, especially in my side of the business. Um, what I don't like about my industry is how we advertise and how we have trained uh, consumers, buyers in this in this industry to believe that the real estate, uh, excuse me, the real estate, the interest rate is the number one driver on cost in a mortgage. It's not. Um, I would stack rank at fourth. Um, the term of a mortgage and the down payment is by far your greatest weapon against cost. So when I say that to somebody, 
I'll get usually one of two responses. This guy has no clue what he's talking about because everybody knows the interest rate's the most important. Or somebody will want to learn and listen. And so um, when you're dealing with younger, you know, as an older guy in the industry, sometimes I have that ability to have, you know, whether regardless of age, somebody understand that. But a lot of times people will look at me and say, ah, you're just an old dinosaur. You don't know what you're talking about when actually I do. Do you see what I'm saying? So the older guys are saying, yeah, no, uh, the, the, the younger participants in real estate and in lending are the ones that have the advantage because they're just younger. We're in a, we're in a culture of youth right now. We just are. Whereas the older people are saying, wait a minute, I've been here before. Here's the right answer, but you're not going to listen to me anyway. Does that make sense? So I think it's a double-edged coin, meaning if you're young, you have this perception that anybody, uh, it, it, you know, everybody wants to do business with somebody older and seasoned. If you're older, you have a perception that everybody wants to do business with somebody who's younger. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. No, and so sense. I think it's a double-edged coin. Here's the truth of the matter. Whether you're 30 years old or 58 years old, if you've taken time to master your craft and understand your business, you've taken time to really think about and care about your customers' needs, age doesn't matter. Mm. Experience doesn't matter. It just it doesn't. Um, so I, I think this community can be served, but it's the passion that people have and the amount of time they've spent trying to perfect their craft that matters. So we're in turbulent times right now. I mean, we're, you know, interest rates are sevens or eights, depending on what you're looking at. You know, you don't have to be old to understand how to do math to figure out the best product on the lending side. You don't have to, you know, you, you can be young or old, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You just have to master your craft. So that's a long answer, but that's really kind of where I go with it. And I think it's true for younger agents, and I think it's the same for seasoned agents. Well, what we're experiencing right now is something that, younger agents haven't dealt with before. This yeah. is the first bear market that I've experienced in my adulthood. And sure. I have to go and turn on the TV and watch the big short to really understand what the heck happened in 2008, 2009 in yep. that crisis. Do you believe that that was a true depiction of how it was? Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, I encourage everybody to watch the big short. Do I believe it's a true depiction? I think it's close. Okay. Uh, and I think that's the right question. I think you're asking a great question. What people don't understand is 100% correct. The lenders were culpable for making those loans, okay? But what people don't understand is the federal government was incenting, incentivizing those loans to be made as well. Hmm. So if you want to go chicken and egg, I'll tell you right now, I think the, the problem was the government. And I will tell you, I'll make that, let's make that real world right now. Because most people have no understanding. So, so for example, in my world, if I say to somebody... Um, when the Fed increases interest rates, are they increasing mortgage rates? And most people will say yes. Most people don't understand that the federal funds overnight rate is what gets increased or decreased, not mortgage-backed securities. Hmm. They're disconnected. They're, they're loosely connected. In fact, in many, many occasions, when the Fed raises the federal funds overnight rate, mortgage rates will go down. And there are a bunch of reasons for that. They're probably longer than I want to get into right now. <laughs> But if you look at federal monetary policy in COVID, when interest rates were 0%, you can go back to my YouTube channel, and I, I'm screaming from the mountaintop saying this is the worst thing that's going to happen to real estate. We're going to have hyperinflation. 
we're going to have a horrible market and rates are going to go through the roof. The Fed, with their monetary policy, has caused what we're sitting in right now. It's just true. Hmm. And so you can go back and watch The Big Short. And the thing I didn't like, love about that movie as much as I wanted to was at the very end, they make the point, but I don't think they make it strong enough. The, the government was really culpable in that as well. Um, one of the good points they make, it's towards the end with Zac Efron. He talks about compensation yield. It's kind of subtle, you know, how the loan officer is getting paid on the spread between what the lender and the interest rates. That's illegal now. You can't do that. So a lot of those negatives are out. It's a great movie. I think everybody should watch it. Yeah, it's just one of those things where people ask me to crystal ball all the time, and I tell them, look, if I knew it was going to happen, I would have made my decisions already. We're all just kind of sitting here, not necessarily waiting, but we're we're anticipating one way or the other, this market is going to shift. There's got to be something that happens yeah. because right now we are at a, I would call a standstill. You have I agree. a lower inventory historically, but you also have a lot less buyers at the table. So something does have to pivot or shake out because we have that seesaw effect that has a normalizing market. And I'm just kind of caught in between it just like you are. And we're all trying to navigate it. It's a, uh, it's been interesting for sure. We are. So we are both trying to navigate it. What's your outlook? I mean, what do you, what do you think about the market? Are you doom and gloom or do you, are you pretty uh, positive about it? Everybody needs a shelter. Everybody needs a house and yep. you have millennials, one of the biggest population groups in America that's in the buying seat. Yep. And now we have money and you also have the boomers who are unfortunately passing away. I think it's going to be one of the biggest wealth distributions in human history. You're correct. And if you look at your neighborhoods, doesn't matter if you're in Austin, Dallas, Waco, if you look at your neighborhoods and your neighbors, you're going to notice a lot of older people that are in those homes. And over the next 10, 20 years, there is going to be a transition where you're going to have a lot of the younger people taking over those homes. So I, I don't know how we're going to get there, but there is going to be that, that transition of wealth. You're 100% correct. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, as soon as the Fed, so look, you can go back historically and you can look at every recession for the last, I don't know, 100 years. Take 2008 and set it aside. It's an outlier data set for reasons more complex than I want to get into right now. Real estate does very, very well in times of recession. And it's, it's intuitive if you think about it because the Fed is going to lower interest rates if we go into a recession and then real estate's going to do very well. And that's, my guess is that's going to trigger the wealth redistribution, what you're talking about. Because right now, depending on the numbers that you look at, we have about 700,000 active listings in the entire United States right now. It's like just like a month and a half supply. It's ridiculous. Demand is so far outstripped supply. As soon as rates come down, what you're going to see is a bunch of inventory rise because there's a bunch of sellers who are sitting on the sidelines. Because everybody thinks that uh, I'm going to wait until rates come down because it's going to lower my cost. That's not going to what's going to happen. What's going to happen is when rates come down, and they will come down, I can't tell you when, I can't tell you by how much, but they're coming down. And when they do, you're going to get a bunch of uh, inventory back, but the demand is so strong because we've been so low behind formations we're going to be back into a bid war like we were in 2020. Yeah, it's a pent-up demand. And I tell people that are buying right now, I say, look, if you if you want to buy right now, you better be ready to stay in this house for about two to five years just to be safe. Yeah, It's not that market where you're going to be able to purchase a home and you're going to get that 10% appreciation, you're going to bail out, and you're going to move on. It's 
hey, do I want to be here in Waco, Austin, Dallas? Do I want to be in these markets for a while? If yes, then absolutely. Go ahead and, and, and pay for that house. You're going to be paying a higher interest rate, but you're not battling against 20 other families on this. You're not getting into bidding wars. You're able to actually get seller concessions. You're able to get a lot of things off that you could pay down your points if you want. It's a lot of flexibility that I'm seeing as a buyer's agent. When I'm representing my buyers, I'm licking my chops right now because I'm looking at some of these houses that have been on for two, three months. Those sellers won out. And you can tell because when you go into their house, you get that text message about 20 seconds after that door closes. Hey, how'd your showing go? <laughs> so Trevor, I'll, t I'll tell you, uh, just being straight up with you, I talk to a lot of real estate agents every day, every week. And you're understanding some things that a lot of agents aren't. And you're understanding that it is, I'm not going to say it's a buyer's market, but it's trending to, into a buyer's market much more than it was several years ago. And you got these concepts correct about buying down points, uh, the seller buying down points. And you're right. Now is the time to get in. And, and I agree with you because it, it, what's going to happen if, if your buyers wait to get in, yeah, their interest rate's going to be lower. They're going to spend an appreciable more amount on the home mm -hmm. because the price is going to rise get in guys like me are going to refinance refinance you out of that interest rate downstream anyway you're paying rent and people don't understand this when you're paying rent you're paying down another person's mortgage yeah. so you are taking your money yeah and you're lighting it on fire you're never going to see it again but with this homestead exemption not only are you going to get less um you're not going to have to pay as much on your monthly at your in your own home but the investors who own houses that you're renting from, they're not getting that benefit. Their taxes are going to continue to stay high. And if they'll probably increase, honestly, you're going to be paying the piper on that. And that's, yep. that's coming out of your pocket, not theirs. Yep. So if you're at the buying table and you're kind of weighing, Hey, rent versus buy, think of the buy as a long-term bank account and that you're going to be able to pull from in two to five years, maybe even with an increase. Uh, of uh, funds in there. You're right. I mean, you're just right. I mean, that's if the people who do that are going to win right now. Um, and that's interesting because, it, you know, I'm doing this series kind of perspectives from the present and perspectives from the past. And that's what the, that's what the seasoned veterans meeting, you know, people do this in 20, 30 years. They'll tell you, look, we've been through cycles like this before people who got in or the people who did well because they used financial tools to refinance. They started amortizing their loans sooner. They were getting tax benefits sooner. And then when prices rose, they got, you know, they got the appreciation in the home. So it's smart. Yeah. Oh, well, you're talking about having all of this experience from uh, an older man of wisdom to a younger guy <laughs> starting a family and just trying to navigate this market. What is your advice to, entrepreneurs to sales guys to people in the lending side in times like these when you know the tide has gone out and we got to see uh who's going to stay around when it comes back in yeah time on task I, I that you're right i mean you you've already got it so the way i structure I, i've done many startups a lot of turnarounds uh in my corporate life but also in this business that i'm running and it's a clear plan you got to execute against it every single day and then you have to be humble enough to know when you get wisdom from other people around you to, you know, take that seriously and think about how you want to course correct. It's time on task. You, you, it's the compounding effect of little baby steps that you take every day that will get you on your journey. Mm. And look, you've already said it. Real estate's not going anywhere. People have to shelter. 
one of the comments from one of the veterans that I uh, was talking to, and we were going back to a conversation he and I had probably in 1990 or something, 1998, I think. Internet is going to eliminate the need for all real estate agents. Mm. This is completely crazy talk. You have to have real estate agents. It's way too complex in a, a, a contract to not have representation. And, you know, back in those days, that was just a time on task. Just get through the cycle. Yeah. That, that would be my advice. It's funny you mentioned they're not needing to be agents anymore. We face that every single day. Absolutely. You do. There's iBuyers out there. There's programs. There's a huge lawsuit out against uh, the NAR. Yeah. And that's something that we have to think about in the future. But whenever it comes down to negotiations, when it comes down to people making the biggest purchase of their life, I always tell people, you want to have somebody that's going to be able to understand, to empathize with you in this decision and also be boots on the ground. You're you're not going to be able to scratch and sniff your screen to see if there was a smoke in that house that you want to buy. Cause I guarantee you, that's right. You move in and you smell smoke. It's in the drywall. You're going to have to rip it all out. And a lot of people who bought 2020 to 2022 had to experience that the hard way. Yeah. You're right. I totally agree with you. Well, listen, uh, Trevor, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have you back here. Let's let's revisit uh, again. And <laughs> like fun. we we could sit here and talk for another hour if we wanted. to. I know that's why I was like, hey, don't put a time on. Let's get some coffee going. Yeah, no, we could talk forever. But uh, I I uh, I want to revisit. You know, a few months down the road. Um, I love your approach. I love what you're doing. Uh, I would love to learn from you too. Obviously, I think you got a lot of wisdom about how you're approaching real estate. Because um, you know, I, on the lending side and on the agent side, you just see a lot of people just not understanding time on task. You got to perfect your craft and you have to add value to the consumer. And people just don't understand that. And they're not going to be around in this industry. It's too hard. It's just way too hard. So I appreciate you giving me so much time today. Before we, before we go, uh, give me your contact information, put it out on air so people can get in touch with you if uh, they want to chat with you. And I, I would encourage that they do. Yeah, absolutely. You can always reach me, um, through Instagram, Keller Williams, Trevor Caswell at Keller Williams. That's where generally where I like to put my content out and have some stuff to teach people or um, to show them all the all the inventory we got going on right now. So that's the best way to reach me. Wonderful, and we'll do that. So thank you for your time, and uh, we appreciate it. And we're going to have you back in six months or so and kind of see how the journey's progressing. I am certain you're going to have tremendous success. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And a big thank you, as always, to Rogue Media Network and their support of this podcast. They're so appreciated. My name is Mike Nelson. I'm the CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated, a mortgage company located in Colorado, Texas, and Florida. You can reach us at YouTube at Efficient Lending or on Facebook at Efficient Lending. And of course, I always love a phone call at 720-419-3016. Email works as well at mike at efficientlending.net. Efficient Lending Incorporated, NMLS 1876539. And my individual NMLS number is 1314188. As always, thanks for listening to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And we look forward to connecting with you again on a future episode. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.